welcome to Sheffield Boardgamers. Uh, this is a podcast of the boardgamers who play games in Sheffield. This is episode 19. Uh, my name is Rick and I'm joined today by a special guest. I'm joined by Matt. Hello. Hello. Uh, Matt runs the Board Games 4K YouTube channel, which we're going to talk about shortly. But uh, thanks for joining me. Thanks for coming on. You're welcome, mate. So we're going to talk about uh, a few games that we've played recently. Uh, we're going to have a chat about some dexterity games as well, because... Uh, uh, I think you're a fan, aren't you? You're a, is it fair to say of dexterity games. Absolutely, mate. Yeah, it keeps <laughs> my hands busy, doesn't it? You know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we're going to chat to you about the the YouTube channel as well, and and uh, get some information about that. Uh, but first, I just wanted to tell you about uh, a book that I bought. Um, this is off of uh, Amazon. But I think you can get it from anywhere, really. It's the board game book. This is volume two. This is uh, a follow-up to the book that was released, um, I think, about a year ago, maybe just over a year ago, a, um, a board game book that was Kickstarted. Uh, and this one's had a Kickstarter as well, so this is volume two. So this is um, some some different games, but it's um, it's a book that's been put together by a guy called Owen Duffy. He's the editor. But the actual text is written by a lot of like, uh, board game kind of journalists and, and, and you know reviewers and things like that. So uh, it's split up into sections. There's um, there's like a, a a party game section and 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 then a light board game section, a medium section, and a complex game section. Got really good photography and really good um, image images in there of, of all the games. There's some really good uh, layouts, all the layout and everything's put together well. Uh, it's a really good book for kind of anybody who's interested in board games, really, because um, not only does it review and kind of explain some of the some of the games that have come out in the past couple of years. Um, it also has like interviews with the designers and some of the artists and the people who actually put games together as well. So some of that uh, information is quite interesting. So um, there's a lot of stuff in this book. It's um, it's really good. Um, have you have you seen any of these board game books? I haven't, mate. The, the only, only one I've seen is I recently picked up one with a forward by Ian Livingston. It's like mm. a, goes through like a hundred different board games throughout history. So it starts off with like the sort of ancient games. Oh uh, yeah, I've heard that one, yeah. Well. But yeah, yeah, so it's, it's all right. You know, I, was, I was expecting it to be like a bit more Ian Livingston-y, but mm. it's just like basically just a couple of pages of him <laughs> saying hello, you know. So I, th- I think he did yeah. the forward on the first volume on the on the first book that came out. But yeah, he's a he's a really nice guy. I've met him actually. Um, he, he was doing some book signings for his um, some of his, some of his fighting fantasy books in in uh, Leeds, I think it was. Uh, yeah, he's a really nice fella. But uh, yeah, it's, uh, this book this book's really good. Um, like I say, it's really well laid out. It's got good uh, the photographs in it are excellent. Um, the, it's not a very good cover, I don't think. It's a bit cartoonish and a bit like basic. The cover, I think they could have um, done a bit done a bit with that. But the actual um, contents are, are are really good. So uh, yeah, that's a good one to pick up. Uh, the other oh, titles are a bit generic as well. The board game book. Huh? <laughs> that's just what it's called. So. Okay, so uh, we're going to move on to uh, a couple of games that were played recently. Then, so uh, for me, I've got uh, I've got an old game and I've got a new game. So the new game that I've got that uh, I want to talk about is a game called The Isle of Cats. Uh, have you played this one, Matt? Is this one that you played or? I haven't played that one, mate. I, no? I'm a bit, yeah, I'm a bit skint at the moment, so I couldn't really afford that. One. <laughs> it's it's not a cheap game. No, it's quite quite a lot in it though. There's quite a lot of, uh, of stuff in the box, but it, it's one of these. It's another one of these uh, polyomino games where you kind of um, you get like Tetris shape pieces, and you've got a, a a board in the shape of a boat, and you're basically drafting cards. There's a, a big deck of cards as well, so you you start off with drafting these cards and you uh, pick your cards that you want and then some of these cards will have like scoring scoring instructions on them so you've got to have a certain number of cats or you've got to have them in a certain order or 
a certain number of treasures or something like that. Uh, and then you have to pay for these cards. Uh, so you get some fish, which is like your resource. So uh, some of the cards are better than others, but obviously they cost more fish then. So um, you can spend as much as you want on these cards and discard any that you don't want. Uh, and then what you do is you pick from uh, some tiles that are laid down in front of you, some of these polyomino style tiles, and, and try and fit them on your board. So it's uh, it's a game of trying to kind of maximise your scoring. So you uh, you get some some cards that will say score. You know your, your your cats in a certain way. You might have to have a group of a certain number of cats of a certain colour, perhaps. And that's what you have to work towards when you're when you're actually picking up the cats and trying to put them onto your board. So it's not really a case of trying to fill your board, you know, and make as much space as possible. Although some of that some of that is including the scoring. Uh, you're trying to fulfil your your scoring objectives. So everybody's doing the same thing. It's only like five or six rounds, five rounds I think it is. So it's fairly quick to play between 60 and 90 minutes I think it says on the box. It's got a couple of game modes. It's got a, an easier family mode as well. So this is a, a slightly different deck of cards, which are a slightly easier scoring, and it gets rid of all the fish and the baskets and things like that they have to they have to get. So it simplifies everything down and makes it like a really a really quick kind of easy drafting game that you can play with families and and maybe kids as well. Uh, and it's also got a solo mode as well. So if you play solo games, I'm I'm tried that, but it's got a solo mode built into it as well. So I was saying before the production on it's really good. Um, all the boards and everything, all the tiles are like really thick cardboard. You get a big thick bag to put all the tiles in. So when you're shuffling them up and trying, you know, picking them out of this bag, you, you don't have to sort of shuffle them into piles or anything like that. Um, what one of the other polyomino games we've got is Baron Park, uh, and then that one you have to kind of sort all the tiles out beforehand. You have like a big board in the middle where everybody picks the tiles from. So there's none of that. You just chuck them all in the bag in this one and, and pick them from the bag. So that makes it nice and easy. Um, so yeah, good production, good artwork. Uh, it's a good fun game. We've played uh, both game modes. I've played like the full game mode uh, with the fish and the, and the uh, drafting of the cards and things. And I've played the family uh, one a couple of times as well. And, and that's a good fun, good fun game as well. Uh, a bit quicker, a bit easier, but um, yeah, just as much, just as much fun. One of the downsides of it is the um, the, the board that you fling up in the shape of a boat. Each each player has a, one of these boats, and it's divided up into rooms. And some of the scoring takes into account the rooms, so um, you have to you have to know where the rooms kind of are on your boat. But they're not; it's not immediately obvious as to which uh, which area you know room covers and which which it doesn't. There's some really tiny little icons on there that um, that tell you what what they are, but it's not. I think they could have done a better job of differentiating either with different like flooring patterns or different colours or something. Um, but that's just a nitpick, really. Otherwise, it's a um, it's a pretty decent game, especially if you like this kind of puzzle, puzzly, you know, kind of put, putting stuff together and um, uh, and trying to fill up your board kind of game. It's another. It, it doesn't do anything particularly new. We don't think there's nothing here that's you haven't seen in other games. But it is good fun. It's good to try and maximise, you know, uh, your scoring and and work out the best way to put things and picking your picking the best shaped tiles to go in the in the places where you want them. Um, yeah, it's good fun. I suppose it all, so, all depends on uh, how enamoured you are with cats. I mean, personally, I, I can't stand them. I'm more, <laughs> more into hamsters, you know? Uh, I think that is part of it. Yeah, I think the theme is, um, it, it, well, it's pretty much themeless, really. It's just placing tiles on a on, on a board. But I think they should probably bring out a dog one as well. That probably oh, sell even more. I was actually cleaning up that island after. <laughs> Uh, that, that's what the theme is. You're trying to rescue these cats from the island. There's like invaders coming, and you're you're not rescuing people or getting food or anything like that. You're taking all the cats away. It's a really really weird theme. <laughs> but anyway, it's a, it's all right. It's a good good game. I enjoyed it. 
Uh, what what you been playing, Matt? What was, uh, what games you've been playing recently? We just we just done a top one hundred, and again, mm. it's a, our top our top our top one is a Cyclades, so we we dragged that out so we could sort of play again over Christmas, and mm. just to sort of reaffirm how good the game actually is, you know, mm. you know. So it's mainly like the, I know a lot of people moan about it, saying oh, it's sort of out of date and it's been surpassed by Kemet and all that, but mm. like, the theme for me is like it's just amazing, you know. It's just it's got everything in there. It, that's where it all started for me, you know, the ancient myths, Greek myths. Oh, yeah. and that. The fact it's got like this sort of mythological creatures in there. And uh, yeah, it's just, it's just a fantastic game, you know. It's, mm. I mean, it's a slow, but people moan about it saying it's like you can't do everything you want to do. It's, it's, just, it's too slow. There's no combat in there. But to me, it's like a, it's, not a, it's not a war game, you know. Mm. It's more of a, you know, you've got to keep your eye on what everyone else is doing because they could win the game in like a blink of an eye. So, yeah, that's what that's what I like about it is the fact it's not like it's sort of diametrically opposed to Kemet, isn't it? Where Kemet encourages you to get stuck in and have a scrap straight away. Cyclades ain't about that. It's about building up and being tentative. I mean, the, the combat's a bit crap, basically, and it? it's just long time <laughs> and see see what it is. But yeah, that don't really matter because it's not really a combat oriented game, is it? So yeah, is it? I've not actually played this one. Is it more of a? Is it got like some? More, more Euro game elements. Has it got like cards or anything in it, or is it just purely dice driven? Yeah, no, no, no. It's, a, it's it's got this auction system where mm. you 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 choose where to place your, your bid, and then someone else can come in there and kick you out. And eventually, someone's going to have to go to the the really crappy option of Apollo, where you you don't get to take an action, but you can you just get four gold pieces. You know, mm. it's probably it's probably the best auction system I've ever, ever seen in a game. It's like it's designed mm. by Bruno Cavallo, yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah, that's what really makes it. I mean, if it didn't have that, it'd just be sort of a generic sort of plod along war game. But mm. in fact, it's got like the mythological creatures, the wonderful auction system, and yeah. it's not just a case of you know get stuck in and give your opponent a slap. You know, you've got you've got to be mindful about what everyone else is doing. So yeah, how, how long does it take to play? Well, it all depends. I mean, if you're just playing with the core game, it's probably about an hour or so. But you've got the Titans expansion, which adds a few more bits and pieces. Which sort of makes the game a little bit longer, but if you add in Hades expansion and you got the Monuments Mini expansion, you add that in, it can. It all depends. I mean, it's like it spans all the way across, don't it? You can have it as a sort of like a, but not a filler game. I don't like mm. the term filler games, but you you could sort of have it as a sort of a, a sort of a mid-length game, or you could play a really long game if you want. I mean, not like Twilight Imperium length, but yeah, <laughs> not like an old day game. <laughs> no, 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 not at all, no. No, but it's just a combination of the theme and the way the mechanics work. It's yeah. Just a, that's a game. I can't believe I played it, actually, to be honest with you. No, no, it, it's one that I've seen. Um, I think Dice Tower, they've, they've uh, talked about it quite a bit, and they're, they're big fans of it. It's just not one that's never cropped up, really, at the club. Um, uh, looking at the pictures, it looks like there's some good, uh, some little models as well for the for the monsters and stuff. There's some little plastic yeah. monsters in it. Yeah, yeah, you could you could take the monsters out of Kemet, and if you get mm. a little thing called the, called the crossover pack, where you can use the monsters in Kemet and all right, yeah. play these monsters by vice versa. Yeah. Oh yeah, so it even gives you even more monsters to to play around. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, it, you said it's like a, an auction an auction mechanism. Um, sometimes they don't really work with like fewer players. Does, does it work? Can you play a two player or is it like a three player kind of plus game or? It works. I think it works best with like. More than two, you can play it with two. It works fine with two, but mm. well, you know, it's obviously better with say four or five players. But whereas, like, say, 
you know, auction a lot of auction games. It's just our oh, bid one, our bid two, mm-hmm. your bid three, your bid four. This is this one you could kick the player out, but they can't go back in and bid higher on the bid that they were kicked out of. You know, uh, they have right, to go yeah. somewhere else. And yeah. eventually, because there's only because you're bidding on the favour of the gods, you're bidding money to get to take actions that the gods give you. Like uh, Poseidon will let you build boats, and uh, mm-hmm. who's the who's the war one? I can't remember now, but he, he will let you build your armies up and that and move your armies about, but if you go in there and you get kicked out, you can't go back in. So, because there's, it's say if you're playing with a four-player, four-player game, there's only going to be four gods available. One of them is going to be Apollo, which is sort of like the, being thrown into the dumpster, if you know what I mean. So someone's <laughs> going to have to go there. This is this ingenious, really. Oh, good. So it's your it's your top game, is it on the on the top 100? Did you say? Yeah, yeah, I think yeah. so. Yeah, sounds good. So uh, another game that I've been playing recently. Uh, this is a bit of an older one. Um, this is Pillars of the Earth, Builder's Duel. This is a two-player only game, and uh, I'm a big fan of the Pillars of the Earth board game. I've played that quite a bit, and it's a, I really like that one. It's a good one. I've got the World Without End as well, the sequel to it. That's a good game as well. Uh, so I'm quite a big fan of the, uh, the of the theme and the you know the um, the, the setting of it. Have so you read what, the book though? That's the thing. Uh, I, I, I've seen the TV series. <laughs> I've, Nobody's I read the book. Why? No. Nobody's read it. I've read it. Everyone's no. played the game. Nobody's read the book. <laughs> no. I, I, uh, yeah, I had a look and I, th- I thought, oh, there's a TV series. I'll just watch that instead. It'd be easier. It's <laughs> cheating, mate. It's cheating. So I'd, I'd, yeah, it is a bit. So I do, I do kind of know the story and the characters and stuff. So, uh, But no, I've not read it. <laughs> Um, it's a bit of an old game I saw on eBay and uh, it was like a really cheap it was like it was like 10 quid plus a couple of quid shipping so uh, I looked into it and, I, and uh, it was designed by uh, Stefan Feld so I thought oh yeah that's good that's good a designer I'll, uh, I'll take a chance on that and uh, buy it so it's from 2009 uh, so it's a, a, a bit of an older one uh, it takes about 45 minutes to play uh, what you're trying to do is you're trying to build uh, well one player is trying to build a cathedral and the other player is trying to build a castle uh, and the way this works is there's a, a deck of cards and you put this deck out, uh, you draw some cards and put it into a three by three grid. So you have um, a, a three rows and three columns of, of cards, so nine cards in total. Uh, and then one, what, uh, the first player goes uh, and you can pick either a row, a column or a diagonal of three of these cards. So you've got three tokens that you put on the cards and you can go either up, down, left, right or across uh, to pick the cards that you want to activate. And the cards are basically your actions. They're getting resources getting characters onto your side who give you gold or whatever it might be so you pick the three actions that you want and then the other player uh they have three tokens as well so they'll put their tokens in and they have to cross over one and only one of those cards uh so if you've gone across the top row for example uh they can come down from there or can go diagonally uh, and they have to put one of their tokens on one of the cards that you've picked so whichever ones they pick whichever actions they pick out of these cards there's always going to be one card which has got both your tokens on which you're going to be um, uh, competing over uh, and the way they do that is there are these little round uh, tokens that are double-sided so on one side uh, there's a number uh, there's a number that adds up to five on both sides so it's like a two or a three or a five and a zero or a four and a one on these tokens and you basically just flip them up into the air like a coin uh, and however it lands that's the that's the strength of your bid for that for that card uh, and you're basically bidding uh, backwards and forwards using these tokens to try and get the highest uh, number 
and then if somebody passes or if you don't want to use any more tokens you uh you get to use the card and then the other player, player loses out but so so one person will get through three actions another person then the other person does two actions and like i said those will be getting resources so you'll be getting wood and stone and sand and things like that and then using gold to put them into your into your building whether it's the cathedral or the castle uh so there's a uh, uh, once you've done that you basically just start again you draw the next cards from the deck so the deck is split up into two parts there's an a part and a b part so the A part is like the beginning, sort of getting your resources and things like that. And then the B part is more advanced stuff and a bit, uh, you know, a bit better cards. Uh, so they do get slightly better as you go along. And the per- first person to completely build a building wins. So it's a good game. We enjoyed it. One that uh, I think, especially if you like the theme, if you like the kind of Pillars of the Earth, um, the bigger board game, you know, the Pillars of the Earth board game, that's, uh, you're probably going to like this one. There are some... Uh, there are quite a lot of decisions to make as to which ones you want to go for. So some of the cards only one side can use. So some of them have like a blue border across and only the blue player can use those cards. So the other player can kind of bid on them and put the token on them to stop that you have your opponent from getting them. Because they're the really powerful ones uh, that give you a lot, of, uh, a lot of benefits. And it also has some of the events as well. So uh, these games generally have kind of events and, you know, like characters from the from the book and things like that. So uh, a lot of the characters and the events that are in the books uh, are on these cards as well. So that's quite good. It's getting the, getting the story of the the story of the uh, book in there as well. So I quite like that. The flipping of the seals is, is, is fun to begin with, but then it gets quite fiddly. Um, you, you know, the first time you're quite careful and you're flicking them up and you're getting the, you know, the the numbers off the off the tokens, but eventually you end up kind of flicking them at each other or flicking them and they roll off the table because they're kind of round shaped, so they roll over the place or they sort of bounce on the floor and stuff. So it, get, it does tend to get a little bit fiddly. Perhaps it is a little bit dated as well. The artwork in it is a bit of a beige game. It's a bit of a beige and kind of grey game. <laughs> it's not very colourful. I think if it were produced now, it would be a lot more colourful. Uh, and probably have um, a bit better artwork on it but i think for a cheap game for a cheap to play game that we've enjoyed playing i think it's a it's a good one and if you see it it's probably worth uh worth having a quick look at if you've got someone that you play against and uh, you like that kind of head-to-head uh competition then uh yeah it's good it's a good quick game um, yeah, so yes, yeah, unusual one. for there to be a, a theme with the Feld game, isn't it? Really? Uh, yeah, yeah, it, it is probably more thematic than some of the other stuff, but only because of like the events and the characters and stuff that are in it. Um, I kind of get the feeling that if it was just like a normal game, it would just be like sort of generic, you know, uh, buying stuff in the Mediterranean and uh, stuff like that. But it's uh, yeah, there is a bit of uh, a bit of theme in there, and you know, artwork is, de- depicts the characters and things. So that's uh, yeah, it makes it a bit more interesting. Uh, have you played the uh, the big board game, the Pills of the Earth board game? Yeah, yeah, we we bought that when it first came out years ago. Yeah, yeah. Been, uh... in, in that one, that's got little event cards, hasn't it? And like little story snippets from the game where you know it makes things happen, it affects what's happening in that round. So it's a similar similar sort of thing that they carry through. Yeah, I made a promise to myself that I wasn't going to read the book until I met somebody that actually has, and it hasn't happened yet. So I've read it. <laughs> Good idea. <laughs> Any other games you want to talk about? Or? Uh, what did we play yesterday? We played Rococo yesterday. Oh, yeah. 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 Uh, a game about dressmaking, which is one of my favourite genres. So. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah it, so it, did you, uh, I actually know the answer to the question because I saw you, I, I did see what you review it, uh, earlier uh, on, the, on the video, but was, is it, it's the old one, isn't it? It's not the new, the new version, no. it's the original one. No, yeah. it's not the sterile, over-expensive 
Wasted Money deluxe version, <laughs> which is the tried and tested, dirty, like a uh, trailer park trash original. Version. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I've played this a few times as well. Yeah, it's a good game. Yeah, it's not a, not a, a common theme, is it? It's not one that you see very often, but it work, it works for the game. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's a bit still, still can't get me around why you get money from hanging around a fountain, though. I mean, I've got the idea. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, it's a it's a really good one. It's just a shame that you can't get the like I said like the basic version. I mean, I mean, it's not it, we're joking about it, but it's it, it is nice. It is nice. Um, the the original version. It's um, well illustrated and you know the board oh, the artwork, nice on artwork on it's absolutely fantastic it looks really yeah. colorful I, mean, I haven't got obviously i haven't got the deluxe version i put in mm-hmm. on it but i've looked at it and it's just it just looks washed out apparently someone told me the component quality on the on the new version is really really bad as well like some of the, oh, some of the components get chips on them and stuff and the, the yeah. stickers peel off or whatever so but then that's you know that's part of the course for eagle griffin isn't it really yeah, it's not not what you want from a deluxe version, though, is it? Really, it's um, yeah, yeah. It's um, yeah, it's a bit of a shame um, that uh, that the original one's not available. Perhaps they'll they'll bring it back at some point if the deluxe one does well. But that's yeah. um, Pillars of the Earth. That's one that I wanted to to play for ages, and that was out of print. So I probably paid when I bought that one. It was a few years ago, but I probably paid a bit more than bit more than you know the retail to to get a copy of that and that's that's easily available now it's been reprinted since mm-hmm. and you can get a copy for like 25 quid off ebay so yeah. it's uh it, it's easily available and hopefully that will happen with this one as well because it's a it is a really good game yeah. yeah shall we have a chat about the youtube channel you can tell us a bit about that yes mate so you you run the uh board games 4k youtube channel oh, we- We've recently changed, well, we changed the name. We've done a bit of rebranding, but I mean, I don't know if it's it's, it's not safe for work. So what the name, new name is it? So <laughs> go on. What what was it called now? Uh, we changed it to the board game bollocks. And <laughs> uh, uh, why why was that? Well, we we originally started the channel because we we looked around and we thought, what is it that people aren't doing? So it's no good just sort of copying other people, you know. And I thought, well, no one's making. This is going back a couple of a few years now. And nobody was making board game videos in 4K resolution, like live streaming all, you know, just bog standard review. So I thought, well, we'll do that. So we called the channel Board Games 4K. And now, obviously, everyone's using 4K. And it's uh, just a bit of a silly name, isn't it, really? So we thought, well, what, do we, what can we change it to? And obviously, you know, one of the things that we say in the videos is that we talk a lot of bollocks about board games. So we thought, well, it's got a nice ring to it, so we use that instead. So, yeah. So, so what started you off getting into gaming then? How did you start off? Did you play board games as a kid, or is it something you picked up later on? Yeah, life, I started playing board games in the late seventies. Yeah. I'm not sure. <laughs> yeah, started playing board, you know, the generic board games, you know, the Hasbro games or mm. Parker Brothers games, and that in the seventies. And uh, in the eighties, we found quite fancy game books, and that led us on to Dungeons and Dragons, mm. and uh, carried on playing games probably up until 1990s and then sort of left games alone for a bit because we got, got involved in other things. Um, <laughs> eventually, you sort of decide that's not, probably not good for you and uh, you sort of get nostalgic about things and probably about 20 years ago, sort of started getting back into tabletop gaming, playing D&D again and at the time, the town had just come over to, just broke out of Germany basically mm. and that's basically what started. We rode that wave of optimism, renewed optimism in board games, which, in my opinion, is sort of starting to wane a little bit. 
Mm. I mean, they call it the golden age of ball games, don't they? But I think yeah. that, that golden age of Euro cube pushing wonderment for a lot of people is it's been surpassed by the sort of uh, how do you, you put it? The commercialisation and making things out of plastic and everything has to be bigger, badder, mm. older, more more big, you know, more plastic. Mm. Miniatures are, are, are more important than mechanics. I'm, I'm waffling on now, though. But, um, <laughs> and I, I know what you mean. Yeah, this it does seem to a lot of um, a, a bling in uh, board games these days, and it has to have like top quality artwork. And if it if it doesn't, it, it, is it even really a board game? You know, is it, it won't even stand a chance. It, it does. The the game kind of seems to come secondary to the production and the artwork sometimes. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't really bother me, you know, what, what what the artwork looks like or whatever. I mean, you know, look at Castles of Burgundy, for instance. I mean, it looks like complete and our crap, doesn't it? You know, mm-hmm. there's no theme, just some bloke staring out of a castle window looking all wistful. <laughs> but the game itself is it's phenomenal. I mean, you could, you could, I could play that till the day I die and you'd still be exploring different nuances in the game and that. But, but you take, a, you know, one of them production line copies by cool mini or not and it's like well yeah it looks nice the minis are pretty detailed but where's the game mm-hmm. yeah, no game there i mean mm-hmm. not all of them but you know it just seems that kickstarter has changed the, the ball the ball game in the early 2010s and that's when the sort of enthusiasm for these sort of feldian euros started to sort of dissipate mm-hmm. you know and and do you play like do you play games with if you got like a group there or do you, do you play games with your family or? Well, yeah, we haven't been a, we, we normally do like once a week, but we haven't been able to do that recently for obvious reasons. But yeah, mm. our gaming group shifts around dependent on work commitments. So mm. that means we, we can only play certain types of games. Like all the legacy games and the campaign based games are out the window. We can't play those. Mm. And uh, my wife doesn't like playing two player games for some reason. Maybe, I, don't, I think she secretly hates my guts, but. <laughs> you know, she, she does a lot of time too, play games. She, so that's uh, basically me and my nine-year-old sons. My other kids are too young to to know anything about that. So, mm. but yeah, once all this uh, all this stuff's over and done with, then we'll we'll set it back up again and we just yeah. play whatever whatever we can really. So you uh, you you mentioned about uh, filming in 4K, and that was uh, you know a few years ago. That was one of the one of the unique things about the the channel. What what kind of equipment do you use? What do you use to re- record on? We've got a well. We first started. I recorded on an iPhone and edited mm. on an iPhone. So we got a program or an app on there called Filmic Pro, and we used that to record. And we edited on a an app called LumaFusion. Mm. But obviously, as, as things progress, you want to sort of make it look a little bit better. So we went for a couple of cameras. We're now using an EOS R, Canon EOS R, and uh, mm. we edit with Final Cut Pro on a, on a MacBook. Yeah. Yeah, it's a bit uh, of a pain uh, in the neck. <laughs> yeah, it probably takes longer. It probably takes longer to make than people realise, uh, oh, because yeah. you've not got not just got the recording. You've got like the inserts where you're showing like the components off on the board and things like that, and then you have to edit it all together and make sure the sounds right and things like that. So, how, how long does it take you to to produce a video? I, th- I think are you doing like one a week at the moment? Is one. We, we try to do at least two a week now. You know, two, yeah. not live not live streaming, but you, you've got a you got to plan what you're going to do. You have got to think about what you're going to write about. We don't write. I don't write a script or anything like that. I just talk off, off the top of my head. But I've got pointers, bullet points on like post-it notes that are hidden on my shelves. So yeah. that takes like a little while to do. 
then you've got to record you know the, the actual nonsense of your talking crap yeah. and uh that's that's got, obviously got to edit out all the pauses and all the mistakes and all the swearing like mainly <laughs> so uh, yeah once you've got a basic edit then you've got to do a bit of color grading clean the footage up get rid of the noise and that and mm. uh then record the b-roll which is a pain in the bum mm. uh color clean all that out color grade that add that up put all the transitions in as sort of sound effects maybe some stuff with after effects if i'm feeling a bit adventurous yeah. and uh yeah then you've got to export it which takes ages so i reckon each video probably takes about eight to ten hours work yeah uh, and, and is it all self-taught this have you have you kind of taught yourself how to use the software and everything the editing stuff and yeah yeah, yeah. just uh you know just learn from my, my mistakes you know that's the yeah. best way of learning it just because when, when we first started yeah. we got a lot of grief people saying oh you know your video quality is rubbish you know learn to do this I was like well hang on you're just using what you got in your pocket right mm. so you've got to start somewhere it's better to it's better to create than to wait right so mm. it doesn't matter if any, you know if anyone's thinking about starting up a, a channel or ball going channel any a channel about anything grab your phone stick it in front of your face and start talking and worry mm. about quality later you know so the uh, the sound is usually pretty good on your videos as well. I was impressed by the sound quality. Is that picked up from the camera, or do you have like a separate recording device for that, or how does that work? No, we use a, a, a Rode video mic. So I think mm. it's about 15 years old, but that goes into like a really cheap Behringer four-channel mixer. Mm. Uh, we we turn we turn the the gain up, but we turn the actual levels down, so you don't have that hissing in the background. That goes, that goes straight into the camera, and it's just. Basically, that's you just raise up maybe the output by a couple of decibels, and that's it really. And it, it, how how do you decide what uh, what games to review on the channel? Is it just stuff that you've been playing recently, or do you get like uh, review copies in and you have to do those, or is it just stuff that you know old favourites that you that you like? How, how do you decide what uh, you know what you're going to do? Well, usually it's the games that we've we've played for the live stream, so. Mm. Uh, it's usually that, but we, we don't really get many review copies. We've had about two or three, you know. I think um, Tony Stigma sent us a couple, but mm. that's just been sort of like really shoddy, <laughs> sort of crappy card games that people want advertised for their Amazon website and that. But we'll mm. do it for them. You know, it's no, no big deal. You know, we don't we don't do this to get like, like free games. A lot of people, I think, they start a YouTube channel so they think, oh, I can't afford all these games. So let's start a YouTube channel to get get free games that don't work like that i don't think it's mm. you should should do it you should do it because you a you enjoy talking about games and b you know you you like making videos and you like you like doing something different that people haven't got because it's, mm. it's look on youtube it's the same stuff in it everyone's trying to copy shut up and sit down or it's just like no you, you you've got to think about what what you want to watch you know because mm. when the reason we started this First of all, I was watching one of their videos and my wife was like, what are you watching them for? A bunch of geeks. I'm like, well, they're, sure, they're nice people, obviously. I'm sure they're nice people. But she's like, and I thought, these these people, they don't speak my language. They're not, they don't speak to me. You know, they're sort of middle class people. Mm. Why isn't there anyone out there that talks normally? You know, why are they all sort of uh, posh and, you know, that sort of thing. So I thought, well, sorry, I'll just grab my, my phone and just start talking <laughs> to it. And, Whatever comes out, comes out, doesn't it? So, no, nothing against Shuttle Sit Down. They're a fantastic channel, by the way. I'm sure yeah, they're lucky. Yeah. 
so uh, plans for the future? Uh, any plans on changing anything about the channel? Anything you're not happy with, or any plans to expand it, or do anything different? Uh, I don't know. I think once all this clears up, I'd like to sort of take my camera along to maybe some conventions or something, maybe the UK Games Expo or something like that, and mm. do a bit of on-the-spot reporting and all that sort of thing. But mm. I don't know. We'll just see how it goes. I mean, it's not really a full-time job. I'm not doing it for the money, YouTube ads or anything like that. I'm not doing it for the free games. I do it because I like playing board games and I like talking to people about board games like this now. I mean, for mm. me, it's, just, it's fantastic. I mean, you know, I never thought I'd be talking on a podcast or anyone about board games. So, <laughs> who knows? Who knows what the future holds? Well, I'm I'm sure it's going to go from strength to strength because uh, yeah, I quite enjoy the videos. I'm sure a lot of people are as well. Uh, subscriptions going up, aren't they? Which is good. So yeah, yeah, yeah good luck with it for the future and hope it all uh, yeah, hope it all carries on. Okay, so uh, shall we move on then? Next bit is dexterity games. Uh, why don't you tell me what you class as a dexterity game? What's a de- dexterity game from your from your point of view? There's two types of games, isn't there? It's like a, a cerebral game, which where you're using your mind more. Than and there's another, there's a physical game in there where you're using your your body. <laughs> in any way. Well, not like that, mate. But you know, where you're using your body yeah. and <laughs> or anything. You know, it's 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 a it's more of a it's got more of a physical dimension to it. You know. I did have a think about what what, what you would class as a, a as a game. So, what about things like you know like real time games where you're trying to grab tiles and things? So I'm thinking like Galaxy Trucker if you played that, or Space Alert, or would you class those as a dexterity game or? Would that no, be something I probably wouldn't. Think? No, mm. no, I wouldn't. Because I mean they're they're more of a like they, they they tend to go on the cerebral side of things, don't they? You're not really compelled to. Whilst you meant you're compelled to pick pick the tiles up as fast as you possibly can, I wouldn't say that that was. I think the the the, the mental side of it outweighs the physical side of it. It's not. Mm. It's like it's like arguing. People say that snooker is not a sport, in it, but you know. Yeah, d- darts is a classic one, isn't it? Is darts a sport? <laughs> Give us a couple of dexterity games, then. Which ones do you like? Well, probably pitch cars. Probably one of my favourite dexterity oh, yeah. games. Yeah. Is it so so? Have you have you played it? Have you? Yeah, 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 yeah. It's, it's it's so simple. It's just a lump of them. Whoever thought that up is an absolute genius. I mean, I wish I'd thought of it. It's just it's just a load of MDF bits of track, and you're just flicking a, a disc around a track. But for some bizarre reason, actually, you know, I always, always flick on Nigel Mansell. Everyone's going, he's Nigel Mansell, <laughs> or Lewis Hamilton for the for the yeah. uh, millennials. But yeah, I always feel like I'm on Nigel Mansell steaming around a you know, Monza or whatever when I'm playing it. I know it's pathetic, but, but yeah, yeah, pitch car's fantastic. It's, it's modular as well, isn't it? Because you, you can make the tracks however which Yeah, way you yeah, want. there's a lot of variety in the tracks, isn't it? You can, they, they sell all sorts of like jumps and loops and stuff like that yeah. that you can get. Yeah. It's yeah. just amazing. It's an amazing game. It's just so simple, isn't it? You, you, could, you don't even need to explain it to anyone. People see it and they instantly know what you've got to do. You know, I've played it with people, they're like, oh, yeah. Just, yeah, just start flicking the thing. It's like, that's it. Yeah, they they do. Uh, they are quite accessible, aren't they? You, you uh, those kind of games. You, you know, you can ju- usually just jump into them, and you know instinctively what to do. Yeah, that's why I like them. Cause I'm yeah, have you have you played any of the newer ones, like the um, uh, have you played Men at Work or the Circus one? I can't remember what it's called. Has it Meeple Circus or something? Have you played yeah. any of those? Yeah, got Meeple Circus with the two expansions. Yeah, it's, it's it's really good. You play along to soundtrack, that yeah, and you're trying to fulfil the audience. Yeah. Desires with uh, stacking bears on top of uh, flamingos or whatever they are. <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah, the app is quite good on that one. That adds quite a bit. I've not played Men at Work though, mate. I think that's is that one of the same people that have done junk art and that. Yeah, yeah, it's the same same sort of thing. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. That's a good one. Uh, who played that one? Junk art. Uh, yeah, I have actually. We, we got the old uh, wooden version of that one. They, oh, the really nice wooden it. one. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, they, yeah. They changed yeah, it to plastic. I've, I've got the cheap old plastic one. <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> I know. Never mind, mate. My, my heart bleeds. <laughs> Must be awful. Uh, it's, it's, yeah, it's all right. It's, it's fine. It works. It, it, but yeah, my friend at the club, he's got the full, uh, the full wood version. It is really nice. It comes in a big do, wooden box, doesn't it? What we want to do is take your version to the club and just swap the pieces over. <laughs> See if he notices. <laughs> oh, don't do that. Don't do that. <laughs> um, yeah, junk, junk art's another good uh, like introductory one because it's kind of got like little mini games in it. Um, yeah. So it's got like a little deck of um, deck of cards in it, which are like the different games, and and some you have to build, you know, like the tallest structure. Some you have to be the last person standing where pieces fall off and. Some have got drafting in them. Some have got like um, you know, you're giving pieces to other people to to place on their structures. Yeah, I made a made a couple of my own dexterity games as well. This is one that's based on the old 80s game crossbows and catapults. Remember that? Oh yeah, yeah. Remember that yeah, it was both basically I found an old uh, wallpaper pasting table. It's gonna sound bizarre, <laughs> but put it in sort of a block in, like because my father-in-law's a bit of a uh, what do you call it, a miniature railway enthusiast. Oh yeah, got, yeah. Yeah, covered it in that and put some, put like a wall in the middle, mm. and I made up little catapults out of uh, hair bands and that, and you flick discs <laughs> trying to trying to knock the opponent's wall over, you know. Oh, cool. <laughs> I bet the kids like that one. They do actually, mate. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's, uh, yeah. yeah. So if there's any publishers out there listening, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what about uh, have you played Dungeon Fighter? I have, mate. That's fantastic. Yeah, it's a little bit tricky though, to, yeah. well, frustrating as well. But if you just forget that, you know, because obviously you, you, there's a for people that don't know, it's like a, a target, a cardboard target mm. in the centre of the table. There, you're using dice to throw onto the target that will cause damage to monsters as you walk through this sort of dungeon that's not really a, a dungeon, you know. Mm. But yeah, it can be tricky. But the thing that separates that from other games like that is that you the monsters will force you to throw the dice in, in strange ways. Like you might have to like put it on somebody else's hand and move their hand, or you might have to spin mm-hmm. round and jump in the air while you throw the dice. So it can be really, really frustrating. But if you could sort of park that outside your house, all that frustration outside your house and just go with the flow, it is, it's one of the, well, it's fantastic, isn't it, really? It's just got a reprint, actually, but they, they've done a bit of a stitch-up on Kickstarter because they released two core games with different oh, yeah. components in. So it's like, mm-hmm. yeah, you sort of, if you're going to back one, you're going to have to back the other one, isn't you? So there's a bit of a mm-hmm. stitch up, really. I mean, I mean, I, I didn't back that one, so I, I, there's no point in getting a game that you've already got, is there? So, no, no. So you, you, you've got the original version then, the older? Yeah, the old, uh, what, yeah. the Cranio Creations one. Yeah, with, uh, with yeah, all the yeah. expansions. Is that, there's a, oh, wow, the, yeah. The elements in it, it's got Earth, Air, Fire and Water expansions. Yeah. Uh, we've got all those. And it's, yeah, it's fantastic. Really is good. Yeah, so that's a good game. Yeah, uh, it's another one where like uh, bits end up all over the floor again. You, you're throwing dice around, aren't you? And stuff inevitably kind of bounces all over and <laughs> yeah. doesn't go where you want it to go. There's a, there's a few games I've played where you throw um, cards instead of dice. I don't I don't find those as um, as satisfying as, as as trying to land the dice on the board for some reason. I don't know why. It's pretty much similar mechanic, but 
the one where you, it's got like a sort of an ancient Greek theme in it. I can't remember what it's called. Is it Monstro or something? Monsters or something. Yeah, yeah, that's one yeah. I played, I think. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Yeah, you're kind of skimming the cards over the table, trying to get them in uh, certain, you know, touching other cards or certain locations and stuff. But um, it, it was all right, but um, I did prefer, you know, more more uh, throwing kind of dice and, and the tactile kind of stuff than than that. Yeah. Um, uh, any um, others? Any others that you played that you wanna you wanna mention? So I think it might be Swedish or Scandinavian anyway. It's a game called Class. I don't know if you played that one. You got the sort of a it's like no, air, hockey, air hockey without the air. Mm. It's not really hockey either. But you have got this. It's like a, a board that's raised off the table, and you have got this. What do you how do you put it? Like a it's like a stick in two mm. parts that have got magnets and one bit goes under the table and one bit goes on top and it sticks together. You can move it around. And what you're trying to do is you're trying to get the ball into your opponent's hole, which is sort of etched into their, the ball at the end. It's like a goal without trying to move yours, your stick into your goal. Mm. It's, it's just one of the, I don't know. Again, it's so simple, but it's just an absolute genius. So also you've got these three little, we call them nuggets, so like white magnets in the centre of the board. And if you get two of them on stuck to your, your stick, mm. you, lose, you, lose a, you lose a point. But, mm. it, I mean, it's, it's, fan, it's actually fantastic, you know. It really is good. They've recently done a four-player version of that. We haven't played it. It's on a round board, but we haven't oh, played yeah. it. Uh, what, what's the other one that you play on that round board? There's another one that um, you can play that you, like, flick discs and stuff on. What's it? Uh, uh, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, that's one. Yeah. yeah, you played that one. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. We got we got a big old crocodile board stuck on the yeah. wall. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. It's really, uh, yeah. I mean, I don't play that as much as I used to because I'm pretty crap at it, but and I don't <laughs> seem to get any better. And because my wife don't like two player games, I always play it with my nine year old, and he's uh, <laughs> I don't know. Maybe it's my aging eyesight, but he uh, he just seems to be infinitely better than me. Do, do you think with these kind of uh, dexterity games that um, it, it, you get better with practice? It, the, the more you play them, the, the better you get? Or do you think it's... Well, I think the, the idea is that you, you're meant to get better with practice, but it doesn't seem to sort of materialise for me. I think <laughs> I don't get better with age, I don't think. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that, that's not the point, though, is it? The point is is, is that it, it just offers a, another type of game to play. And I think, I don't know, it, it's, it's almost like rigged sports into your house, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, uh, I think that's pretty much it then for my questions. So, uh, okay. Uh, well, Matt, thank you very much for joining me. It's been a pleasure talking to you. Pleasure's all mine, mate. Thank you. Yeah, thank you very much for coming on. It's been brilliant. Uh, why don't you tell people uh, how to find you on the internet? Well, primarily, you can go to our YouTube channel, which is uh, youtube.com forward slash board game bollocks mm-hmm. with a B. If you want to find us on Twitter, you can go to BG Bollocks at Twitter. We're not on Facebook. But, uh, yeah, you can email us at ballgunbollocks at gmail.com if you want to talk. That's probably the best way to get in contact because that's, uh, that's the thing that will get me out of bed in the morning is the email. <laughs> Brilliant. Okay, that's great. Thanks very much for your time. You're and, welcome. Uh, speak to everyone again soon. Thank you. Bye for now. Bye. Bye.